Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. This is the hour a lot of people have been waiting for. The Turtle Riders are all tuning in for this segment. We are joined by Aiden Carney, a.k.a. Turtle Boy. And he has quickly gone from the lead journalist, one of the only journalists covering the Karen Reed murder case, to a huge part of the story. But before we get into more details on Karen Reed, Aiden, I I wanted to talk about the fact that you're now facing witness intimidation and conspiracy charges. Uh, You were on Howie this week talking about why other journalists and really all Americans should care about this. But give us, fill us in on any updates you have since the last time people heard from you and what's going on. Yeah, so uh, the last time I heard from you on your program, I, I don't think any of these charges have come yet. But, yeah, they've come, and, and uh, they're basically using this uh, very vague uh, witness intimidation statute in an attempt to silence my reporting and prevent me from continuing to expose corruption in the Massachusetts State Police and the Norfolk District Attorney's Office involving the Karen Reed case and the cover-up uh, thereafter. Uh, so, they, uh, they, they've brought these charges in an attempt that they would hopefully silence me or scare me out of reporting anymore. It, it's backfired. It's not working. So now they're doubling down. Uh, they don't want to return my devices to me. Uh, they don't want, even though it's pretty standard, uh, my attorney has represented people charged with murder who have had their phones returned to them by these very same state police. They can mirror the devices uh, the technology exists to do that, but they're not doing it in this case uh, simply because they know that uh, I have, you know, data in those phones that I could use for reporting on them. And the very same police that I've accused of malfeasance are the same ones who have brought these new baseless charges on me. So this is absolutely something that should worry not only me and my supporters, but reporters everywhere who can no longer, uh, you know, they have to worry if if I expose the wrong people doing the wrong thing. Are they going to use the machinery of the state to try to you know imprison me? And that should obviously concern everyone. It's got major First Amendment implications. Yeah, and Aiden, when I was listening to your interview with Howie earlier this week, you guys were kind of going back and forth on uh, what they're considering witness intimidation. And Howie's point was a lot of this stuff that they're accusing you of is just used to be what journalists did all the time. It doesn't happen as much anymore. But explain to people what are some of the things that are being called into question that you did to find out more about this case. Yeah, so uh, I call these people up and I ask them questions. And sometimes I ask them questions in public. I've, For instance, uh, State Trooper Michael Proctor, I left a voicemail uh, on his machine during my show, on his answering machine. I was going through Jennifer McCabe's call log, and uh, Jennifer McCabe, uh, I didn't know who some of these people were, but they were all listed, all the numbers were on her call log. So I called that number, and I got Michael Proctor's voicemail. I had no idea it was him. If you watch the show, I'm actually very surprised. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Proctor. And I leave a message asking him good questions, like, you know, why didn't you reveal that you knew the McCabe's? Why didn't you know, are you worried about going to jail? 
Are, are you worried about the federal investigation, et cetera? And uh, because I showed his number to my audience and I said his number out loud, because, again, these are all on public documents, all these phone numbers, they said that that was witness intimidation. He got harassing you know, phone calls and text messages after that so that I orchestrated that. That was all part of my dastardly plot here to harass uh, the lead detective, who is obviously corrupt and who is obviously covering up what actually happened here and who hid his relationship with the key witnesses in this case who would otherwise be considered suspects. And there's that's one example. Another example is one of the individuals, his name is Colin Albert. He's a 18-year-old young punk, and he's got some videos on TikTok in which he threatens some rival gangs called the Advantage Boys, and says, bang, bang, at the end in like a threatening manner. So when I called him, I did an impression of him. And I said, hey, Colin, it's, it's Aiden, uh, Turtle Boy from the Advantage Boys, bang, bang. And, you know, out of if you were to just write out the transcript of that, it would sound like a threat. But if you actually listen to the tape, it's, it's quite clear that I'm mocking him, that I'm mocking, uh, you know, the, the voice that he did. And, uh, you know, they did that intentionally. Aiden, one thing I want to say here, because um, when, when you were having your conversation earlier this week on Howie's show, which everyone, you can check that out wherever you get your podcasts, and, and Turtle Boy's been on my show before, and we've gone over some of the details of this case. I'm hoping, Turtle Boy, I haven't run this by you yet, but I'm hoping you'll stay on for a couple of segments here so we can get into some of the latest updates with the, the police phone call and things like that. But just, just to stay here for a second, one thing you said in your last interview that really really stuck with me. You said, this is kind of transcends politics. A lot of people have been interested in this case, Democrats, Republicans. You go on uh, talk shows that are very liberal leaning to discuss this because they are just as interested in uh, as some people on the conservative side are. So it, it's kind of in a, in a strange way. It's unifying a lot of people who have taken an interest in this case. The reason I bring that up is because when I read about it and I read about the charges being waged against you in the Boston Globe, first of all, None of these publications really ever showed much interest. I know they covered it, you know, at a minimum, but they did not show nearly as much interest as they are now, now that you're kind of wrapped into this. But the the overall vibe that I got, the overall impression that I got from reading these things was they they heavily were putting through this idea that it's conspiracy theories, that it's based off a, a lot of things that, you know, they can't track down. I'll give you an example. This is from the Boston Globe. It was the latest dramatic development in the Karen Reed saga, a murder case filled with controversy, conspiracy accusations and runaway speculation and theories. Um, What do you make of that? Are they trying to downplay some of the things that you've uncovered and some of the things that residents in Canton and all over are curious about? Yeah, conspiracy theories uh, is a loaded term that they're using on purpose intentionally to make it sound like we're like QAnon people. Like that's like one of the first things you think of, right? Conspiracy theories, like, Oh, tinfoil hat, crazy people. But no, the, the only, my response to that is the only conspiracy theorists are the people who believe that a, a Lexus can cause dog scratches to be on a person's arm, that a car going 25, 24 miles an hour in reverse in the snow will not leave a single bruise or broken bone on a human body, that no more, that no less than 10 people going by a house would not notice a six foot two, 217 pound dead body lying on the front lawn, that the lead investigator being close family friends 
with all of the witnesses being involved in it, is not somehow relevant to the case. The people who believe that none of that stuff matters, those are the conspiracy theorists. Those are the people that, like, in order to believe that Karen Reed did this, you have to believe some crazy pseudoscience that makes no sense at all. So my response to that is the only conspiracy theorists out there are the people who believe that Karen Reed actually did this. Yeah, and, and Turtle Boy, when we come back from the break, I want to get more into uh, some of the more the the latest breaking stuff on on this story. Um, but a, another thing I wanted to point out here is that when you're asked about this and you're asked about how now you're you're becoming a big part of the story, um, I think a, a natural question people have is: Are you afraid? Are you afraid um, that you know your family, that your life is going to be now forever changed because you're involved with this case? Are you afraid you're going to be arrested again? Like what? What's going through your head? Well, I know they're going to do it. I know they're going to get me again. I'm quite positive of that because they've made it clear that they're going to in, uh, indict. And I'm sure they won't just have a summons for that. They want it. They want the cameras. They want to humiliate me. That's exactly what they're going to do. So I'm prepared for that day. I go live every morning from the bus stop because if they do it, like they did it last time, I want it on, I want it on video. Uh, I want to catch the guys that actually did this because uh, last time, you know, I didn't have my phone. They got me by surprise. So, yeah, I mean, I know it's going to happen. Uh, I'm, I'm bracing for it. But I also know that the facts are on my side. And ultimately, we are on the side of good here. God is on our side. And uh, they're not, it's, it's not going to happen. I'm not going to get convicted of this. Uh, I know I'm going to take the stand in my own defense. And I'm going to show them uh, that the government is making up baseless lies, if it even gets to there. If it, I'm quite positive that... Uh, one day in the not-too-distant future, the feds are going to come in, and they're going to indict the people who actually did this, and all of my problems are going to go away, as well as Karen Reed's. Uh, so, yeah, of course, you know, I'm only human. Of course, I'm slightly worried about all of this. Uh, but at the end of the day, I know that the facts are on my side, and the truth will set you free, and, and, and I'm not the one who should worry about that. Uh, Aiden Carney is with us. He's Turtle Boy. And when we come back, Aiden, can you stick on the line? Because I'd love to ask you about the audit that the town of Canton just voted for and also for this 911 call that you alluded to a little bit earlier. Do you think you can stick with us for another segment? Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you very much, sir. Hang on the line there, and uh, I will read your text messages during the break. I know we have a lot of people who uh, listen to Turtle Boy's uh, videos and also read his blogs who might have some other questions for him when we come back. Uh, I wanted to let people know we're heading into the holiday season. It can be a very stressful time. Um, for some people more than others, but you know you're trying to get your your Christmas gifts checked off. You're dealing with the shopping traffic, with the money, with everything. And when you're dealing with all that stress, sometimes you don't enjoy the holidays like you should. Sometimes you miss out on that Christmas spirit. And what I always recommend to people is it's nice to get away. It's nice to take a weekend where you're really just spending the time enjoying yourself and enjoying this time of year because it goes by so fast. And there's a beautiful spot that's not too far away that I really want to encourage everyone to check out. That's the Nauset Beach Inn. They just opened reservations for their winter getaways. And Jared, my producer, has stayed at the Nauset Beach Inn and he he can attest to how lovely and tranquil and restorative that trip was for him. Yeah, it's great. It's down in the Cape and the Cape in winter is fantastic, but you're right on the beach, which is, you know, if you wanted to paint a picture of New England in the winter, that's the place to do it. It is the Nassau Beach Inn was the most tranquil place that I have ever been. Um, they Each room has a fireplace inside, so you get to stay warm. You get to stay cozy with a big picture window that you can look out. You can look at the beach, you can look at the ocean, or if you're a little braver, you can go outside and actually sit 
by the fire pits that they have and just experience being outdoors right on the beach, literally steps from the beach. Uh, you can see the stars, which a lot of people can't do in the city. The sunrises there are perfect because you're right on the water. The moonrise is fantastic. This time of year is a great time to go because the Christmas trees are up, and that just adds to the ambiance. But if you want a getaway that's truly a getaway that's just going to relax you, the Nossa Beach Inn is the place to go. And right now you can stay at the Nossa Beach Inn for under $200. So we were not lying when we said you can't beat these winter rates. It's a really good price and it's a great place to stay during this time of year and really all year round, but you can't beat the price this time of year. So to reserve your Ocean View room, go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. More with Turtle Boy when we come back and uh, text your questions in about the Karen Reed case to 617-213-1066. We are going to talk about this audit that the town of Canton voted for, and we are going to talk about the now infamous 911 call when we come back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. We're talking now with the man behind a lot of the investigations into the Karen Reed case, the Karen Reed murder case. And Aiden Carney, thank you so much for joining us. I I wanted people to get a little bit of background on this case before I ask you for some uh, follow-ups on some of the latest breaking news. Can you give people, I know it's tough because I know there's a lot of layers to it and I know there's a lot of different theories that people go down, but let's just go over some of the basics here of what Karen Reed is accused of and why you find it so hard to believe. Well, uh, she's accused of murdering her boyfriend, uh, John O'Keefe, Boston police officer, by backing into him with a car. I don't believe that for a multitude of reasons. Uh, the autopsy photos are certainly not consistent with somebody being run over by a car, but they are consistent with being beaten inside a house. There's also the Apple Health data that shows John ascending and descending three flights of stairs, and Karen Reed doesn't have any stairs in her vehicle. Uh, however, there are stairs inside the house where she dropped them off at, uh, which included several members of the Albert family who are known fighters, and John appeared to be covered in black eyes and had a laceration on the back of his head. Then there's the 227 Google search by Jennifer McCabe that she Googled uh, how long to die in cold at 227 in the morning, despite telling police that she assumed John had gone home to bed. Uh, then there's the fact that she deleted that Google search, and then there's the fact that she deleted all of her phone calls between 5 and 9, including a phone call to her sister, Nicole Albert, at 6.07 and at 6.08 uh, that lasted 7 and 9 seconds, uh, in which she likely told her, uh, because she was outside the house at that point, likely told her, don't come outside. Uh, I also find that suspicious, that there was a hysterical woman screaming on the front lawn in a dead body, and the homeowner, who happened to be a Boston police sergeant and a trained first responder never came out of the house uh so uh but uh, probably the strongest information that makes me believe that karen reed is innocent is that at 2 30 in the morning the plow driver who the lead detective never interviewed 
intentionally went by the house and reported that there was no body on the front lawn at 2.30, which means that Karen Reed could not have killed him at 12.30. The same plow driver saw a Ford Edge parked in the exact location where John's body would be discovered uh, at around 3 or 3.30 in the morning, and it stayed there for at least half an hour. And certainly whoever was driving that Ford Edge uh, would certainly be a suspect in whoever, you know, whoever killed John O'Keefe. Uh, and three members, uh, at least three members, possibly four members of the Albert family, own a Ford Edge. And the lead detective, who happens to be close friends with the Alberts and the McCabes, never interviewed that plow driver and never followed through on the tip about who was driving the Ford Edge. Instead, they launched an investigation to me for reporting on their malfeasance. And Aiden, one other thing I want you to add in here is uh, the the fact that we don't have any video of Karen Reed because there was a a conversation that we had previously about how there would be video. I think you said it would have been from the library in Canton. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so there was a, uh, on the way home, Karen would have gone directly past the Canton Library in the middle of town. And she would have had a broken taillight because that's the primary evidence being used against her is that there was taillight allegedly found at the scene. Keep in mind, the Canton police did not find any taillight there when they searched the scene at about 630 that morning. But the state police, after more than a foot of snow had fallen 12 hours later, found 35 pieces of taillight. Uh, They found four that day. And then in subsequent weeks and visits, every time Michael Proctor went there, boom, he would find more taillight because we call him the taillight whisperer. So when she went by the Canton Library, uh, there should have been footage of her with a broken taillight. However, exactly two minutes of footage is missing from 1237 to 1239, which happens to be the exact same time when Karen Reed would have gone past the Canton Library. Those two minutes of footage are just missing. They got everything else except for those two minutes. If Karen Reed was guilty, if Karen Reed had hit him, that footage would show that unequivocally. If Karen Reed was innocent and did not hit him, that footage would show it unequivocally. Coincidentally, it is just gone. And the only person who handled that footage is State uh, Police Detective Michael Proctor, who, again, is so close with the Albert family that his own mother called the Alberts a second family. And he was uh, at his sister's wedding Colin Albert, who was inside the house that night, was the seven-year-old ring bearer. And they sat at the same table with Chris Albert, who is Colin Albert's father and is also a member of the Board of Selectmen in Canton. Wow. There's there's so much to unpack here. Turtle Boy, I want to talk a little bit about the phone call and how this came out before the trial. And also, um, I also want to talk about this audit that the town just voted for. Do you have time? And I hate to do this to you again. Yeah. Could you stay for a little bit longer? I'm just hanging out. Okay, awesome. So, so we're, we're going to come right back to this. And actually, Turtle Boy, I want you to vote in our poll question. It's totally unrelated to this, but I am curious how you feel. Um, today's poll question is brought to you by Howie Carr's latest book, Paperboy. Read all about it. For one week only, while supplies last, you can get free shipping on Paperboy when you order at GraceCurlyShow.com and click store. This offer is only on GraceCurlyShow.com. It's not on Amazon. Howie Carr talks a lot about, back in the day, some of his journalistic tactics that are, you know, that he actually found very relatable to what Turtle Boy does. And what is our poll question, Jared? And then we'll see what Aiden thinks. Who's better, Billy Joel or Elton John? It's pretty simple, Turtle Boy. Billy Joel or Elton John, who are you voting for? Elton John. Wow, not interesting. Close. Not even close. Not even close. Why is that? I don't know. It's like uh, Elton John's got better songs, more classics. Okay, very good. A lot of people on the text line are agreeing with Turtle Boy. What are the results, Jared? 
54% for Billy Joel. 46% for Elton John. Oh, it's a close one. This is a very close one. Okay, Turtle Boy, staying on the line. We're going to talk about the 911 call in this audit that the town of Canton voted for when we come back. Any questions you have, guys, text them in to 617-213-1066. We'll get to them when we come back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. We're talking with Aiden Carney, Turtle Boy, about the Karen Reed murder case. And there's a lot of questions regarding this case. Um, there's a lot of people who are invested in it at this point who have been following it. And the latest detail that has a, a lot of the followers of this case kind of up in arms in, involves a 911 call. Aiden, can you break down for us who this 911 call is from, who, who we'd be hearing talking on it, and, and what it entailed? So the, the, the nexus of this 911 call, it's not the actual 911 call. You don't hear the dispatcher. When Karen Reed pulled up to the house with uh, Carrie Roberts and Gemma McCabe on at 6 a.m. on January 29, 2022, uh, she was calling John, and then she saw his body on the lawn, and she threw the phone down, and it continued to call him. And it ended up leaving a four-minute voicemail that picked up everything that was happening inside the car and some of the stuff that was happening outside of the car. And inside the car, Jennifer McCabe remained, and she called 911. So you hear her oh. calling 911, but you don't hear the dispatcher. Um, but she, uh, you can hear Karen's screams of agony, trauma, and hysteria. Uh, she, like I said, Meryl, if she was faking it, uh, she would be uh, richer than Meryl Streep. She is, uh, it's very authentic. Whereas Gemma Cabe's comments to the 911 dispatcher, she calls John uh, a man lying in the snow. There's a man lying in the snow, she says. And we have this on our, um, our, our, our YouTube channel. Anyone can go and listen to the whole audio. But she, she calls him a man lying in the snow. Now, keep in mind, this is allegedly a close friend of hers, John O'Keefe. And she was just with him six hours ago at the waterfall bar. He was supposed to go over the house, and now she sees him dead in the snow, and she calls him a, a man lying in the snow. And she never tells the dispatcher that she's outside of her sister's house. That like I like Because the dispatcher would have told her, go inside and get blankets. Go and get help. She never even alerts the people inside, never rings the doorbell, nothing. She calls her sister at 6.07 afterwards, which the audio picks up. The voicemail picked it up. She, you can hear her whispering something into the phone, something, and people waver on what she's saying here. Um, it's sometimes when you hear it, it sounds like she's saying, nobody's coming out to help. Other times you, uh, you hear, like, you know, uh, Brian's coming out to help, but you hear coming out to help. And she whispers it. It's it's no. It's much lower, uh, you know, audibly uh, than a pre when, when she's actually talking with the nine one one dispatcher. She's trying to keep it hidden. So she like she has a first responder inside. There's blankets inside. There's warmth inside. She never tells the dispatcher she's outside of her sister's house intentionally. Uh, she just lets John die. And the only person who is trying to save John O'Keefe's life on that tape is Karen Reed. And at no point do you ever hear Karen Reed say anything to the effect of, did I hit him? I hit him, which, which Jennifer McCabe claims that she said over and over again at the scene, and which was the primary evidence that was used 
to implicate her in this. So I highly recommend when you hear the 911 tape, it is the most damning thing yet. Uh, I mean, there's been a plethora of, of evidence already indicating that Karen Reed's innocent. But when you hear this, you can't. Uh, Jennifer McCabe is so cold and emotionless, and not doesn't even seem the least bit surprised to have found her friend's dead body. That it's it's hard not to imagine that she wasn't involved. Um, Turtle Boy, we just got a text in from a number that says any any sense of how the town of Canton is going to proceed with the audit that the public voted for? Yeah, so I, I guess they're hiring an independent agency to, to do that. They've allocated, I believe, $200,000 in petty cash uh, for that. But the that was, that was monumental, what happened last week in Canton. Uh, this has never happened before, where an entire town, a bunch of citizens, uh, random citizens, as they were called by one member of the select board, uh, started a, a petition to uh, have a special town meeting in which they would vote whether or not to audit the, the police department. That's basically saying, we don't trust you guys anymore. We don't trust the institution of the police in our town. And for good reason. It, it ended up passing 903 to 800, uh, which even shocked me, and that really says a lot. But it's for good reason. The police in Canton right now are out of control. They're run by a woman named Helena Rafferty, who is close friends with all of these people. And uh, Brian Albert's brother, uh, Kevin Albert, is a detective on the police department. Uh, almost the entire police department has grown up, born and raised in Canton, went to Canton High School. They all know each other. They all know the Proctors. They all know the Caves, et cetera. And they're, they're largely to blame uh, for, the, for the mess up in not only the Karen Reed case, but also the Sandra Birchmore case. That was ruled a suicide in about five seconds, even though her uh, cop, Stoughton cop boyfriend, was seen walking out of her apartment, uh, you know, just minutes before she allegedly died. And, uh, you know, they, they blamed it on suicide. But, um, yeah, so this is also in Canada right now. There are nine people who were just charged by the Canton Police Department with witness intimidation for holding a peaceful protest outside of Chris Albert's pizza shop. On, on November 5th, the police came down and they told them, you can't protest him. You can't be within his eyesight because he's a witness in the Karen Reed case. So basically, and keep in mind, this man's an elected official and they are not allowing people in a free country, free citizens in a free country. They're turning them into felons because they are peacefully protesting an elected official in their town and telling them you are not allowed to do that. This is exactly why the Canton Police Department needs to be audited, because they are using their power to protect people from legitimate criticism uh, from the public about a matter of public concern. Turtleboy, I just got another text from 508, and it's a simple question for you, but I think this is one that you've dealt with uh, from a lot of people who just can't get their heads around this one part of it, which is why would the Norfolk DA's office risk careers if this is a cover-up? Why, for for these purposes that you're, or for these allegations, you know, uh, why would they go through all of this and risk their careers to cover this up? Well, um, that's a good question. You have to wonder what Brian Albert, uh, I suppose, has on Michael Morrissey. But, but quite frankly, it's not our job to figure out the why. It's just very obvious that uh, they are ignoring mountains of evidence that Karen Reed is innocent. And at this point, I think they're just doubling down. Uh, I think they think they're untouchable. I think they think that they're untouchable. And I also think that uh, they are worried, like with the Annie Dukin case, that any 
investigation that Michael Proctor or Brian Tully or Yuri Bukenik has been involved in will be compromised, including the Brian Walsh case out of Cohasset, which also involved Google searches, which, you know, that was the primary thing being used to prosecute him was Google searches. So I think that uh, ultimately they are worried that uh, if, 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 these, if, if these people are deemed to be dirty, it compro- like a lot of bad people could be let off the hook as a result of that. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't think about the Andy Ducan of it all. And that was, for people who don't know who aren't from Massachusetts who are listening, that was the crime lab scandal. She was tampering with evidence, and it led to a lot of cases having to be thrown out. And I know you also brought up Leah Genduso when you were on with Howie this week, and I think that plays into it as well. So I think right there, that's that's part of the story. Um, Turtle Boy, thank you so much for coming on. Can you let people know where they can follow you and where they can keep up with this saga? Yeah, to read our stories, you can go on tbdailynews.com. You can watch our videos like the 911 call on the Turtle Boy Live YouTube channel or Rumble channel. And you can follow me personally on Twitter. I am at doctor, that's D-O-C-T-O-R, Turtle Boy, because if Jill Biden is a doctor, then so am I. (laughs) Thank you very much, sir. We appreciate your time. And again, everyone, if you're listening to this and you have a friend who's, you know, very invested in this case and has been following it and they missed this interview, our podcasts go up usually uh, as quickly as 20 minutes after the show ends. So just send out the podcast to whoever you can and they can listen to the interview there. Um, Before we go to break, Jared, there was one other thing I wanted to play. KJP, if I had to pick an arch nemesis for KJP, it might surprise people because your knee jerk might be, well, she's the press secretary, Kareem Jean-Pierre. She's always fighting with Peter Ducey. He's really the only journalist left, him and maybe Steve Nelson in the in the press room. But no, her arch nemesis is actually Simon Ateba. He is a journalist I believe, Jared, do you know where he's from exactly? Uh, I don't know the specific outlet, but it's an African journalist. He's an African journalist, and he's always going back and forth with her because she will not take any of his questions. She does this with certain outlets. She just refuses. She did it with Steve Nelson once, too. He's from the website Today News Africa. And she just will outright refuse to take his questions. And what she typically does is she'll go to the people in the front row and she'll really play favorites, which is, you know, that's kind of how it works when it comes to the White House. But I think eventually people, especially people in the in the way back of the room, like Simon usually is, just based off the seating that I've seen, they start to get annoyed because the reporters up front don't do them any favors. There's no like camaraderie here. You know, there's no, hey, I got I got a lot of time, so I'll throw it back or I'll keep my question short so that more people can get their questions in. They don't operate that way. You have like Kirsten Welker, uh, Peter Alexander, all these people who are just sucking up all the oxygen they can. So this journalist, Simon, gets very frustrated and he's had multiple back and forth with Corrine Jean-Pierre. And I think he's getting the better of her because every time he starts up, she packs up her stuff, Jared, and she leaves the podium. Can I get cut seven, please? I got you a follow up on Angola. It's so surprising that you don't take if you are receiving an African leader, you can't take a question from an African journalist. Okay, we can. Sorry, I have one question. Basically, John Senator Marco Rubio. It's not about entering the question. I want to ask an African question because I receive an African leader. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. All right, we, 
can end this briefing if it's not going to be respectful here. Chris. That's what I'm saying. You're okay. receiving an African okay. leader and you don't take questions. Thanks, everybody. Uh, question about gas uh, thanks, everybody. I would just, I would just like to say, as someone who had to sit through plenty of press briefings, press conferences of uh, Kaylee McEnany, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Sean Spicer, dealing with the press corps, I've seen disrespectful back and forths. I've seen people asking disrespectful questions. I've seen people getting out of hand. In fact, I remember at one point Jim Acosta trying to wrangle the mic away from one of Trump's staffers. I've seen that. This man, Simon, is he just wants to ask a question. I don't think that's I don't think a journalist who's at the White House press briefing wanting to ask one question is that absurd. I don't think it's disrespectful. By the way, uh, breaking news here, Jussie Smollett. This is a big news day, especially for like a Friday in December. Jussie Smollett headed back to jail after conviction upheld by appeals court in hate crime hoax. The good news, man. The good news today is just rolling in. So we had the bad news with George Santos, but we have the good news about Jussie Smollett, Jared. See, that's life for you. You're not going to get everything. I think that what people need to hear is just the truth. An appeals court on Friday upheld the disorderly conduct convictions of actor Jesse Smollett, who was accused of staging a racist, homophobic attack against himself in 2019 and then lying about it to Chicago police. Yeah, it wasn't just a racist, homophobic attack. He staged a racist, homophobic, unbelievable attack. That was the part of it that really brought him down. It was the fact that nobody bought it. Nobody bought it. Smollett, who appeared in the TV show Empire, challenged the role of a special prosecutor, but they were all turned aside in a two-to-one opinion from the appellate court. Okay, so Jussie Smollett heading back to jail. Uh, When we come back, I will talk to Howie Carr about a lot of different things, including the poll question today. Somebody texted in and said, "So, so disrespectful that you asked Turtle Boy about Elton John and Billy Joel. He's facing prison. I'm like, guys, please. Okay, Turtle Boy. Turtle Boy is fine. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to hang up from me and have a breakdown that I asked him about Elton John or Billy Joel. He's a little tougher than that. I think we all need to have a thicker skin here. Um, When we come back, we'll talk to Howie. But until then, I want to let you guys know, everyone's trying to come up with gifts. And this this is the risky time of year, Jared where I find that people start to hit the panic button a little bit and they just start buying stuff and and they don't think like, oh, what what is this person actually going to use? They just feel like I have to have something to give them. But you want to give someone a good gift and you want to give them a gift that's not going to go to waste. And I have the perfect solution. If you have a kid who's in college and you're never sure what to get them because you don't know what they like and they're very picky. Or if you have someone who lives across the country and you're not sure you know, what to send them. This is the gift. It's the gift of delicious Omaha Steaks. The holidays are here. So let Omaha Steaks take the guesswork out of gifting. This is a gift that everyone's going to love. And if you're hearing this and you're saying, well, yeah, you might love it, Grace, because you love steaks. But, you know, my niece or my daughter, she's not a huge steak person. Trust me, we have you covered. You can custom make these boxes and you can fill them with all sorts of deliciousness. And it's custom to whoever's in your life. So if someone in your life loves hot dogs and hamburgers and chicken or apple tartlets or sides, you can pack these gifts full of so much greatness. It's great quality, Jared. And it's a 50% off site-wide deal. Plus, when you use promo code GRACE, 
you're going to get the additional $30 off your order. I mean, what more do I have to say? Yeah, you're not going to find this quality of meat for that price point at any supermarket that you can think of or you can go to. And the best part, it's delivered. You don't have to go to the supermarket. You order this, and if you, depending on the amount you get, it can keep you going for quite a while. Uh, we, I'm, I still have some burgers left over from the summer that uh, once a week I do burgers now. It's great. But, yeah, this is a lot of food, so... If you have multiple people, you can give different components to different people, you know. But, at, I mean, for 50% off and 30% off with the code GRACE, try something you wouldn't think about trying. You know, it's like, you know what, I, I'll try their salmon because they have salmon. I'll I'll try the caramel apple tartlets. Or, you know what, I love steak. I'm going to try their chicken. I'm going to try their burgers. They they still have the, uh, the steak burger flight. I mean, they still have all those products. They have holiday-themed foods, too. So if there's something you want for this season, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, instead of going to the supermarket and paying this ridiculous whatever, I'll check out Omaha Steaks and, you know, maybe a Christmas dinner for 50% off plus 30 bucks off with Code Grace. And I want to tell people this. If you have children who are maybe in their 30s or 40s and they're new parents, this is such a great gift for the holidays because they don't need more stuff. Their house is full of stuff. They want to be able to, on a random Wednesday night, not have to worry about what they're cooking for dinner. They want to be able to open up the freezer, grab some hamburger patties, and know they're going to have a delicious meal. So especially if you have younger people in your life and you're unsure of what to give them, this is the gift you want to go with. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, so make sure you go to Omaha Steaks dot com take advantage of the 50 percent off site-wide do not forget to use promo code grace because i want you to get the extra 30 dollars off because why not save a huge chunk of money on so much delicious food go to omahasteaks.com get the 50 percent off use promo code grace at checkout minimum order may be required we'll be right back you're listening to the grace curly show This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. It's the moment that the texters have been waiting for. Howie Carr joins us now. Everyone in the office is on pins and needles. Howie, if you had to choose between Billy Joel and Elton John, who are you going to go with? Is suicide an option? <laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that. I predicted it. You have to choose one. Elton John. Okay, Taylor. There you go. Taylor just won a bet. Howie, thank you so much for joining us today. And I have a question for you. I want to get your uh, reaction. I know you'll talk about it in your show today. What's your reaction to the George Santos news that he is the sixth member expelled from the House? I'm uh, I'm very disappointed. I'm I'm uh, not happy about this for for many reasons. And the more I think about Jamal Bowman, what he did, you know, I mean, lying and stealing—that's what George Santos is charged with. I don't think that rises to the to the level of a high crime of a, uh, of uh, interfering in an official proceeding of the uh, United States government. It, it, he he stopped a congressional vote on a, on a budget matter. I mean, that's pretty serious, isn't it? Yeah, no, you're right. And I was glad that George Santos brought that up, Howie, because there's so many crooks and there's so many people. I mean, your poll question yesterday talked about it, that sometimes you forget about all these things. But that was very recent that Jamal Bowman pulled that stunt. 
Right. And, and it's not, you know, a senator versus a congressman. I mean, they're both they're both congressmen and they're both from the same state. Exactly. And, and one is getting a total pass and the other one is out on his uh, out on his keister. Exactly. Howie Carr has a phenomenal Friday show for you. And don't forget to go to GraceCurleyShow.com. Click on store and get Paperboy. Read all about it. We'll be back on Monday, everybody. Thank you very much.